Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. So we have an episode that I think will, well, it will make you think about the role people occupy in the workplace. It will make you think about who is most important and who should we focus on when we are attempting to make improvements in our businesses. So hang on, enjoy the ride. So the most important job in your company, well, it may very well surprise you. Now, narcissists will always believe they occupy the most important role in any company. I mean, after all, they are corrupted by their own image of importance. This corruption clouds reality and the misappropriation of priority. Some might even think the CEO is most important. After all, they are the savior or they are the visionary. Others might say sales since they bring business to the table. And a few, very few with a servant mentality, might say the frontline employee because they make things happen. Well, guess what? In reality, it is none of these positions that truly need focus in today's super heated job market. It doesn't mean that one is, well, contributing less or more. But if you think about retention, if retention is important for your business, do not miss the ending of this episode. So according to Gallup, 89% of employers believe money is the reason most people leave a job. When in reality, it's only 12% of people who leave for money. And folks, this lack of understanding drives organizations to make poor decisions when addressing the growing concerns associated with high turnover. The great resignation is upon us. At a recent book signing, a 27-year-old chemical engineer informed me that he was on, get this, his third professional job since graduating from college four years earlier. When I asked him about it, when I asked him if he thought there was something wrong with it, he simply stated that he would be foolish to stay on a job if something better existed elsewhere. Loyalty is gone. And with 70% of employees not engaged on the job, there is no incentive to stay when better opportunities might exist. And I want you to listen to this study. This is a study from the Corporate Leadership Council. This study revealed that 87% of engaged employees are less likely to leave the job. And another study by Conexa of 64 companies discovered twice. That's 2x the annual net income of organizations whose employees have poor engagement. That means if you can increase your engagement, you can 2x your annual net income. And methods to improve employee engagement are the riddles 
They're the very riddles that most companies are trying to solve. And there's this from the Hay Group. A Hay Group survey claims a 2.5x, 2.5 times increase in revenues for companies with higher employee engagement over those without. How much more do we need to hear? And put plainly, the higher the morale, the higher the productivity is in your organization and vice versa. Low morale, low productivity. High morale, high productivity. And just like the search for six-pack abdominals, the answer is neither easy nor simple unless we are genetically predisposed to have low body fat and high muscle definition. So we're entering an era where greater than 50% turnover is the new normal. Millennials and now Gen Z will simply walk off your job and disappear without warning. That's right. The old custom for giving notice is more rare than common. And these generations prefer not to deal with the confrontation associated with formal resignation. In fact, I call today's young generation vapors because they disappear almost as suddenly as they appear. And listen to this study by Roger Herman. It revealed that 75% of people quit a job because of direct supervision. That's three out of four people quit their job because of direct supervision. That's correct. Three out of four people that quit your company did it because of a bad boss. And this has become the most critical fact as the workplace has lost baby boomers who were raised to tolerate bad supervisors. Now, over the past 20 years, let's go back in time a little bit. Over the past 20 years, organizations have decreased emphasis on developing supervisors because the need to manage extreme turnover simply was not there. Well, those proverbial chickens have come home to roost. The emergence of Generation X, my generation, was an indicator of things to come. However, most organizations did not prepare for the reality we face today. And in my book, Surviving the Talent Exodus, I warned readers of the coming storm created by the departing baby boomers and the emerging millennials on the job. I predicted it would become much harder to find employees than customers. Well, guess what? That's what we're living now. People can't find people. People can't find employees. It's not the customers that's the problem. It's finding people to work in the businesses that are the problem. And the combination of bad supervision with low engagement is a virtual death sentence for companies concerned with high turnover. I am constantly asked for the magic solution for keeping and retaining talent. And the position of frontline supervisor more than any other can make or break retention goals for any organization. I have discovered some simple strategies that can be taught and with practice and encouragement, 
supervisors can improve retention for your organization. Teaching supervisors to be more than a one-dimensional super operator. Now, super operators, that's a term that I coined, are simply the best at what they did prior to accepting the role as the boss. They were a good machinist, so they got promoted to supervisor. They were a good engineer, so they got promoted to supervisor. They were a good nurse, so they got promoted to nursing supervisor. Just because what they did in the past was something they were good at, it does not make them qualified to be a supervisor. And past work requires repetition along with a desire to improve. Hmm. So let's, let's go a little deeper into this. Management. Management delegates the need for safety, quality, and production to the supervisor. They ask for a safer workplace. They ask for a better quality product or service. And they ask the supervisor to make the team more productive. So management is looking down at the supervisor. I want safety, I want quality, and I want high productivity. Well, imagine this. The employees are looking up at the supervisor to figure out what is most important. Do you want me to go slow and be safe? Or do you want me to go fast and increase production? Do you want me to go slow and make sure quality is maximized? Or do you want me to go fast and sacrifice some quality? The employees are looking up at the supervisor to answer this question. And when any contradiction of these values is placed on the soul, on the shoulders of a frontline supervisor, the employees see them as the face of management. So let me re-clarify that. Management is pushing everything down to the supervisor. Employees are looking up at the supervisor for a translation of what they want him to do. In other words, do you want me to do this or you don't want me to do that? And supervisors are caught in the middle. They're the proverbial where the rubber meets the road. And if a supervisor contradicts herself when it comes to these values like safety, quality, and production, the employees lose respect for them. They lose respect for the very values that your organization is trying to promote in the workplace. Hmm. So let me say that again. Management pushes everything down to the supervisor with the expectation of making it happen with the employees. The employees are looking up at the supervisor saying, hey, what do you want? Do you want me to go fast? Do you want me to go slow? Do you want high quality? You want, Or do you want to sacrifice quality in the name of production? The supervisor can't pass the buck to anyone. He or she has to make the decision, has to set the standard for the employees. Now, here's a little bit of good news. Supervisors can learn skills to retain team talent. And there are clearly defined tools that can be taught and applied to restrict the floodgates for escaping talent. In other words, these are skills that a supervisor can learn to be a direct cause of people staying in your organization. And the solutions, well, they're simple yet elusive for most organizations meaning that the solutions are not difficult. They're simple. Remember, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. But similar to diet and exercise, 
we're all, we all pretty much know what is good and what is bad for our physical health. However, making the effort to change takes a commitment that some organizations are not willing to make. Let me say this again. I have worked with organizations who know, who know without a doubt they are on the path to failure, yet they are too afraid to make changes that will prevent them from failing. And what I mean by that is the fear of change. The fear the fear of change is much greater in some organizations than the fear of failing. They have this status quo bias that the way we're doing it must be right, even if every indicator they see tells them it is wrong. You know, uh, this this topic frustrates me because uh, it, it's it's such a simple solution, yet it's so hard for some organizations to see. They are blinded by current reality. They live in a constant state of paralysis out of fear of change, fear of something different. And just remember, fear is an acronym. Fear is an acronym for false events appearing real. What we fear rarely occurs. Let me say that again. The things we fear most rarely occur. We're stricken by worry about events that are likely never going to take place. And employee retention is a process, not an event. You can't send someone to a webinar and expect them to fix the problems that are deeply rooted in your business. They need repetition. They need practice to gain these skills, to learn these skills, to help them leverage these behaviors in order to be successful on the job. And I've seen it over and over again, where when an organization starts to struggle, they revert to past practices that are absolute failures. They look back instead of looking forward. They can't take a step forward when they reach a failure point. They go backwards. It's human nature, I think, to be fearful of the unknown. Just understand that you're not alone. Supervision and management can indeed be taught. It is something that people can learn and can master to improve retention on the job. But the desire to change, if you're taking notes, write this down. The desire to change must become greater than the pain of the present reality. It's a sad fact that many organizations have to suffer significant pain before they decide to change. And that pain can be, I mean, it can be bankruptcy, or it can be the threat of losing everything they own if they're a small business owner in order to finally, to finally make the step to change their organization, or to change themselves. People call it the rock bottom theory. We have to hit rock bottom before we decide to make absolute change in our lives. In the end, it becomes a choice to improve or a desire 
to do nothing. And remember, status quo bias makes us choose doing nothing. We think that doing nothing is the best decision when it comes to dealing with the challenges like turnover, like productivity, like morale, like engagement. We think doing nothing is the best approach, and we would be wrong. We are accountable. If we're, if we're in a leadership position, we are accountable for the choice to remain the same or the choice to make change and improve. And I want you to listen to this. How can we improve without changing? Change is the very essence of improvement. If you keep doing the things you've done in the past, you're going to keep getting the results you've had in the past. That's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It just doesn't happen. Change is embedded into the improvement that you want in your organization. And people say, John, are you talking about change for the very sake of change? And my answer is absolutely. Absolutely. If you're not changing, you're not improving. I don't want you to rate people on how well they perform their jobs. I want you to rate people on how much they change their jobs. What are you doing differently that you didn't do last year? If not, you're stagnant. You're stuck. You're average. Change is the very essence of improvement. We have to change. We have to adapt. The market, the workforce, heck, the pandemic has changed everything around us. And if we think we can do things the way we did prior to COVID-19, we are living in a dream world. We have to change. We have to adapt. And the organizations that change and adapt the fastest are the ones who find success early. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. This episode hopefully gave you some encouragement, gave you some inspiration, and gave you the motivation that you need to make some changes in your organization. Now, I'd love to hear what you think about this topic. You can reach me. You can interact with me at www dot john dot com that's j-o-h-n-g-r-u-b-b-s dot com i would love to hear your thoughts on this topic i would love to hear your stories your examples your frustrations hit me with those they may be part of a new podcast episode in the future I am so blessed to have people all over the world listening to this podcast we're about to enter our third season can you believe that our third season is upon us. And, you know, if you go to johngrubs.com, there's a lot of free information. You can have access to my blog. You can even download one of my books for free. That's right. I give listeners of this podcast a gift. You gift me with the most precious thing one human can give another, and that is your time. And in return for that gift, I will give you a free leadership book, a book that currently sells on Amazon for 20 bucks. You can have it for free just by going to www.johngrubs.com. There's videos. You can see links to my YouTube channel. There's even a way for you to join my inner circle. 
These are the people that get things that other people don't. They get access to my speeches that people pay for. They get private training, private coaching. You can join my tribe and have access to that community as well. This podcast is for people who are crazy. Crazy people change the world. Crazy people challenge the status quo. Crazy people get things done. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. Until next time.